It's important for us to really understand the buyer psychology. And that's what I wanted the big gift today to be is how do I dig in deeper to the psychology of the people that are buying from me? Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals along with our unmatched marketing has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area. And this is how we do it. This is something that's really important for us right now with newer people, but even people that have been doing this for a while, including myself, I've been through this seven, eight times. I've taught it three or four times as part of certified trainer. Um, but I think it's very powerful for us to go back and look at and to make sure we can break it down and go through together because I think there's a, a gap for us that we're missing and every agent really in essence is missing in their follow-up right now. Okay. And that, that breakdown we'll talk about is it's a, a general breakdown of strategic seduction. The problem with this is that most people just suck at seduction, right? Most people suck at seduction in regards to how they operate in general, right? And how they operate as a whole. They lack a power of communication strategies in regards to how they follow up. And they lack the ability to sell in their follow-up. The problem is here, and maybe you really think about this is what we do a lot, right? So the problem with how things used to work is we used to be able just to broadcast and get away with it. And so even five, 10 years ago when I first got in the business, agents, anybody could just broadcast a message, right? Rather it be on mailers, rather it be on TV, radio, magazine, newspaper. I literally started making ads in newspaper, right? When I got in the business, classifieds I started out with and then moved to other stuff. But back in the day you could broadcast, right? But with new phones and the digital and the internet, internet age that no longer works because of the noise. So if you look at everyone in here, right? You're scrolling, you're looking at things consistently over and over. You see hundreds and potentially thousands and thousands of messages every single day and people's posts and advertisements and what you're seeing. So there's just an overwhelm of noise right now in the marketplace. Do you agree? Right? Which means who else has seen an overwhelm of noise? your prospect, AKA the consumer. And so it's important for us to get really, really good at this right now. And so there is a gap of opportunity if we're able to dial in and really work on this. And this is why I want to get to the fundamentals because I think us even and a lot of real estate agents miss this opportunity right now because all most people do is broadcast a message in what follow up emails in my telephone calls in my text messages. And even in our follow up, Right. The reality is a lot of people when I notice in the phones are just broadcasting. And so we got to make sure that we can get really good at uh, making sure that we can master seduction. And so seduction is true, obviously, in our, our client and our prospect is true in your personal life with your spouse and your kids. Right. If you want somebody to do something, it's much easier to seduce them to do something in a way where they want to actually do it. Right. We want our, our consumer to go on a journey to buy with us or a journey to sell with us versus us trying to force them to do something. Does that make sense? And so the new school way of doing that, that's kind of what we want to focus on. I'm going to go on, but the new school approach, right? Has a direct response. If you guys remember that, anybody know what direct response means? Something I've studied with Dan Kennedy for years, but direct response means what? Anybody remember? It's a specific type of advertising that gets a direct response from the consumer, right? A lot of people just want to do broadcast. I'm number one, pick me, but there's no response there. And so it's targeted messaging that brings someone in. It's a lot of what our, our buyer websites do, right? Click here for this list, right? Get this list of properties, view these homes here. All of our pay-per-click advertising a lot of times is your direct response. So it's important to understand that because why, why is that important to understand? Psychology behind. behind what? The buyer, right? What's the buyer psychology coming into this? That's one thing I want to talk about 
in regards to how we do because the whole process is kind of a vibrational study in regards to how everybody comes through. And so, number one problem, most people suck at seduction, period, especially in the sense of business. And so I want to teach everybody to look at everything in every different way, right? Number two, lack like powerful communication strategies. Three, lack like a mind map to get it done. And number four, right, most people's ability to market is weak, right? And so that's kind of the one difference. So number one, we got to get a direct response. That means obviously in our follow-up and also in our emails, text messages, everything else that we do, right? Number two, I got to understand niche targeting. What do you think that means? I need to understand the niche of every single lead type I have, every single person I come in contact with, every single lead source. This is the shit that drives me crazy. The same exact thing the other day in a conversation with Barrett. I had a conversation with Barrett and he said, hey, uh, this, he had the deal that closed as a sign call. I look into the notes, guess what? It wasn't a sign call, it came from a hotline. And I said, hey, look, man, was this a hotline or a sign? He said, what's the difference? It was a sign, wasn't it? And I said, it's a big fucking difference because in advertising and marketing, it matters because I need to understand the buyer psychology. Why is a hotline different than a for sale sign, you think? Well, hotline's on top of the sign. Yes. First of all, I need to know, is the hotline working? So the tracking is important, but that consumer is someone who would not have called that for sale sign had I not had the hotline on that thing, which helps me understand if, I don't, if our team doesn't even know what the, f the difference is in a hotline and a sign for someone who's been here for years, that's a big psychological gap that we don't have for the consumer. Why do I need to know if that's a hotline or not? Right. It adds more calls to it. And so if I understand the buyer psychology, what changes? My seduction process changes. And so it's important for us to really understand the buyer psychology. And that's what I wanted the big gift today to be is how do I dig in deeper to the psychology of the people that are buying from me? Everyone, most agents get in this business. They just broadcast, broadcast, broadcast the same message hundreds or thousands of times of people. And they just hope to get lucky. And that's not the best way to do it. That's how you can become elite in regards to doing this, right? Number three, I want a possibility of my people to buy from desire. Or, obviously, sell from desire. So if I can seduce the process the right way, and I can bring them in, and I can really connect with them, and understand, hey, look, this person called up a hotline. Their psychology is a little different, right? They're a little more timid. They're a little more, you know, they don't like to be sold as much. I can now meet them where they're at, and I can move them through the process and seduce them the right way so that ultimately at the end, they buy from desire and I want them to be able to give me a thank you at the end. Understanding seduction the right way is the difference between having a very tough deal that barely closes and they hate you versus having someone who closes and gets to the end, they love you and they send you a thank you card at the end. Right? You want to get good enough at seduction where people buy from you and send you thank you cards for you getting their money. That's how true seduction works and moving people through the process so they can buy from desire. Right? So that's the one thing that's important to realize that most people's message right now is just buy my Right? From the agent standpoint, what is it? Pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Which they don't really care about, which is why they ignore your phone calls. Which is why they ignore your emails. Which is why they ignore your text messages. Because you're just broadcasting the same thing versus meeting them where they're at and moving them through the process. And so that's the key part where no one right now wants to hear a generalized message. They want a very specific niche type message that meets them where they're at. And so for us to do that, what do we got to do? Research, Research under, understand where they're at, meet them, 
and figured out where they're at, what's the source. That's why I'm so fanatical, and I don't really have anybody just being honest that, or being real that, that really nails it. I'm like, what's the lead source? Well, I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? That'd be the first thing I know because I want to understand the mind of that buyer or that seller, where they came from. What's the process? Same thing on a listing, right? The difference of radio and TV is a whole lot different ad who came through a, a third-party lead system, right? They're pre-sold us. They've had more impressions of us. They understand who we are. They've researched us a lot deeper. And so that's the reality of what's making it important is that we got to understand that we want to move people through a place where seduction is good and people say thank you at the end, right? I want to move them through a series of yeses so that ultimately I'm able to get them where they want to be at the end. And it comes down to this. Some of you guys may have read this book, but we're just talking about the difference of power versus force. It's a great sales book if you want, but it just talks about the difference here. I don't want to write them all down, but there's two ways to do it. Power, which one do you think is better? Why is that? Yes. Me forcing my children to do something is not the same as me having the power to influence them to do it. Right? Me forcing my spouse, somebody to do something is not the same as me having the power to influence them or seduce them to do it. And so I want to look at everything and how I operate from a client standpoint in this business of how do I make sure I'm adjusting that. And so some of the words, I don't really have time to write them down, but my notes, power, right, has to deal with words like capacity, agency, literally agency, but also what does agency mean? Permission. Yes, choose, right? They have permission to choose. People are choosing you in that regard. So all my clients and my prospects to have this agency where they're choosing me not me forcing them into that process. And so that comes through a seduction aspect, right? Where I'm a director and I guide, right? The foundation of power is persuasion, inspiration, and truth. Persuasion, inspiration, and truth. And so if I'm looking at it from the standpoint of how do I inspire my people to work with me? How do I obviously able to inspire them to want to be a part of what we do and me help get them where they need to be? That's what makes a big, big difference there, right? I do that through the persuasion and obviously truth. What's force maybe? Force is more of a compulsion. So when I do force, that's something that looks a lot different, right? Where think of dictator, right? Force, bondage. In reality, right, people figure out they don't like to be forced to do things. What happens if you force somebody to do something? In our business, what happens? But if I force a consumer to do something, I pressure them in a way of force, what happens? All that's true, but I was looking for buyer remorse, right? If I pressure them into doing something with the, the pressure cooker around me versus bringing them through a place of influence, that tends to be a lot higher buyer's remorse. That's the buyer who calls and wants to get out the buyer agreement. That's the person who writes the offer up that wants to cancel the offer the next day. Or gets accepted and then halfway through it, they get cold feet. Yep, right. Inspection issues, that's just one reason to back out. And like so that. if you look at why do some people have a lot of deals blow up, it has to do with power versus force. And so where am I not bringing power in to influence my people through this process versus me forcing them under the contract? And there's a, there's a combination of both, right? Yeah. This is give and take a little bit, in my opinion. You need to use a little bit of both, right? But ultimately, I like to have the power to influence my people to go where they need to go. Does that make sense to you guys? And some of the words you look about the foundation of force is words like manipulation, motives, lies, right? There's a lot of agents out there that are desperate that do those type of things, but ultimately some of that comes down into what they do. Does that make sense? And so that's the key part I want to look at in regards to my, my principles here. If you have power versus force, there's kind of a combination of both in regards to how it comes, but you want to look at that aspect, right? Principle number two we talk about, that's the first part. I got to understand power versus force. I'm just giving you guys a pre-frame of strategic seduction. 
and we'll hit the first part today, which is a communicate message. Some of you guys have been through this before. As I've gone back through it, I really saw a lot of things that you guys can really learn from myself going back through. Man, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. So if you've been through this before, right, make sure you're really kind of looking and saying, where am I missing these at right now in my current sales game, right? And so that's important to look at. Principle number two, uh, this is super important to, to look at, is want versus need. You want to look at the difference between want versus need, especially in the, the consumer standpoint. So if you look at the process, if we have clients who are really in that place of need versus wants, this could be the same thing in relationships a lot of times. People teach us in relationships a lot of times is there's this part of neediness, right? Neediness, scarcity in regards to doing that, uh, demands and discounts. If you have a needy client from a place of need, right, where they feel like that you need them to be a part of their business, that's going to be a client who's going to be a very difficult client to work for them. Because that goes back to that part, like I said, neediness, scarcity, desperation, right? Like I said, discounts. And ultimately, uh, they want demands from you. Demands to reduce your commission, demands to write this offer up, right? I want a difference in place of want. Does that make sense? And it works best in relationships. That's one thing you realize that you talk about, and Garrett talks about this too, is that in the beginning of his marriage, a lot of times they were both in a place of want, meaning that they chose to be together because of the benefits of being in that relationship. But as time goes on, you switch to a place of neediness, right? And that's when most marriages blow up because one wants the neediness of the other, and what happens? Disconnect. Disconnect and resentment, and obviously you want to be in a place where both choose from a place of want. So when I'm looking for my clients, I need to understand my seduction process of how do I have this where, look, I want to work together, I don't have to work together with you. Like Baron talked about, is most people try to be the friend because they need some commission, need a deal. But if I say, look, here's the deal, I'm very good at what I do, I want to help you, I'm here to help you, but I don't need you at all. There's a different energy around that, which in turn helps me have a much smoother process in the sale. Principle three is strategy versus salvation. Strategy versus salvation. What do you think that means? What happens on a cross? What happens on a cross? You get crucified, right? So as you're a savior there, right? <laughs> Rocket signs. But the reality is a lot of times that's a symbol that you guys look at. And this is not religion based, but there's something to look at is that in a salvation you're going to be the good guy, the best friend, the one that goes over and over and over. And so ultimately what happens to you every single time? Or they turn on you. And once you're that savior for them, and you're going to save them all this money and all this is going to happen and all this based on promises as you as the savior versus leading them or versus having a strategy to lead them. The minute you don't get $15,000 off and the closing costs and this and that, then all of a sudden that's when you become put on that cross. And so it comes on a, a feel from that neediness as the next step there is you got to understand that, right? It's the idea of being saved. There's a void between you and the paradise, and no matter what you do, right, you got to be able to save them to get them there. And that comes from a lot of times not managing expectations, not having the right conversations with them, but we've all had deals with these agents who I call them world savers, right? They're ultimately trying to be a savior to their client, and what do they do the whole time? They mess it up and work against their client. Happens all the time. I see it every single day, right? It used to happen all the time in the REO world. They'd be fighting us on everything versus, you know, and it happened. They'd go back and forth, like Baron said, for three days over $3,000. Boom, all of a sudden, the third day, multiple offers. They just cost their client another $8,000. Or they missed out on it, and the client calls their office pissed off, wondering why what happened. So <laughs> the key part here I want you guys to focus on is the strategy-driven marketing. And when I'm talking marketing with you guys, what do you think I'm talking about? Every communication. 
every single communication, every text message, every email, every phone call, every video, right? I want all my communication to be strategy driven. Not a savior. Now I'm going to save you all this money and do all this promise. Now that's going to be part of the presentation within reason. But we're going to do that with a strategy. And so part of that is, right, positioning a clear problem. Just so you know, the average agent in our marketplace sells less than four homes a year. And so the reality is that that's the last thing you want to have happen for you when you're searching for a home in a low inventory market. Thankfully for you, though, we're very, very good at what we do. I'm one of the best agents here in our company, and our company is one of the top 1% in the world. That's a difference of a strategy-driven or a savior-driven. Now, what do most agents do? I'm going to save you all this money and $10,000. I'm going to do all this when you come down here, right? And in reality, if you can't back it up, you're a savior, you just got crucified. They're drawing down the street to the next person who can tell them the truth. The fourth part is I'm going to give them a clear choice going forward. Mr. and Ms. Byer, the good, the good news for you today is that you all do have a choice. I know you're stuck back in New York where it's cold right there and you don't like it right now, but the reality is you all have a choice. So who you're going to use in your search down here, I want you guys to consider that the best choice for you to get you guys what you need in this marketplace. I need to tell them what I'm going to tell them. A lot of times we're just hoping to be their friend on the phone and that they stick with us three months later. Meanwhile, 15 other agents call them at the same time. We've got to make sure we're hitting these consistently in our conversation. Can you see how if I have three calls with this person and I talk about things like this and you're over here having calls with this person just talking about the houses they're getting emails on, who do you think they're going to go with at the end? Me, because I'm having a strategic, seducing conversation about what? Problems, possibilities, the path, and the choice. 